This podcast is brought to you by Lacrosse All-Stars, growing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome, everyone, to the next episode of the Know the Game podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Conwell, the NCAA editor and analyst at Lax All-Stars. This week, I have another one of the LaxCon interviews that I did a couple weeks ago at the U.S. Lacrosse Convention that was down in Philadelphia. Great weekend, got lots of interviews, and this uh, this one was pretty timely because it's a project that he's been working on. So the guest is Kyle Devitt of Inside Lacrosse. And the project that he was releasing during LaxCon, um, and it's still pretty recent, so you can go check it out, is the 50 greatest lacrosse heads, men's lacrosse heads of all time. So they have a little ranking and grouping criteria you can kind of go through, and it's a little bit of a walk down memory lane, see some of the more significant developments in stick technology along the way. Um, you know, some of them you might have used, some of them you might own, some of them you might never, never heard of, but it's a, it's a really cool piece and project that they worked on that I, I really do recommend taking a look at. Now, Kyle is someone else that is at the forefront of a lot of the men's field coverage. So, you know, working with the MLL for years past, we'll be doing a lot with the PLL going future talk a little bit about that, which is, of course, a big topic of conversation for anyone in the lacrosse world right now. But more than anything, you get to hear a lot of his background, how he got into what he's doing, and it's just sort of a fun conversation. So, you know, I was excited to have Kyle join the show, and hopefully you enjoy giving it a listen. So without holding you up too much further, I'm going to bring you to Kyle Devitt of Inside Lacrosse. Yeah. I mean, you know why I'm here. I should give you Uh, I don't need 60 seconds. I need like 10. Uh, I work for Inside Lacrosse. I'm the Gear Lifestyle Editor, and we're at LaxCon because this is like my Christmas. It's great. I did. Yes. You were eventually moving over to Inside Lacrosse. And then when Casey Bach, you know, he started up IL Gear, he moved on and he took over IL Gear. Yes. Yeah. It's the worst mistake Inside Lacrosse ever made. 100%. Yes. Yes. I have, but in special circumstances, like when the Black Wolves came, I wrote that feature uh, for the magazine just because it's it was a good opportunity to get a. I mean, I've I've been to box games. I actually played box at a higher level than field, uh, but for me, I, I've just kind of made my bones in the professional field uh, arena, as they say. Yeah. 
I'm actually, that, that's funny that people ask me that. I am not angry. I just have a high energy and I have an opinion on everything. So I'm more annoying than angry. It just comes off caustic because that's the way I know how to express myself as a person. Uh, I, think, I think I've gotten better. I think when I started, I was just trying to kind of replicate. I mean, I'm from, the, I'm from New Hampshire, but I was kind of raised on New England Sports Talk Radio. And I don't know if you've listened to them, but compared to them, yeah, it's not great. It's great for you because you're a Bills fan. Yeah. But for me, growing up with that, I was taught that it's normal to talk about sports like that. You know, so when you apply that attitude to lacrosse, it doesn't, it didn't take at first. Uh, I think that I had to learn from it and soften my stance. And I think people kind of got used to it. And now I just, I like to just try to entertain people without being angry. But the angry act is kind of part of it at this point. Like I can't unown it. Yeah, and that definitely has gotten me in trouble a lot. Uh, you'll notice I say less also because uh, I have to be, you know, not that I'm held to a higher standard or anything, but, like, I have bosses. I have people to report to. I'm not a boss. I'm just a dude. I'm just a dude. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I haven't worn a suit since, like, 2004, but sure, I guess I'm a corporate guy. Sounds good. Uh, so I don't know if a lot of people know this. I've said it a couple times, but I actually went to college at Clark University in Worcester and my major was, uh, English, but you have to pick a concentration and I was dumb and thought it'd be cool to be a Shakespearean literature concentration. I do. You just don't see it. I don't, but I, I, uh, I actually got into uh, kind of writing plays when I was there. I wrote, uh, I was in a screenwriting class with one of the guys who works with uh, Peter Farrelly, who just won a Golden Globe for a Green Book, uh, and part of the Farrelly Brothers, something about Mary. Uh, so I, I learned a lot through that. Um, I never planned on being a sports writer. I wanted to be a writer-writer, and I still say that I'm a writer. I don't like being called a journalist, and whenever I say that, hopefully... Terry and Matt aren't listening to this, but like they hate when I say I'm not a journalist, but it's something not that I fell into because I worked really hard for it. But at the same time, I love lacrosse so much. Lacrosse changed my life. And uh, my other talent is writing. And when you put them together, like, and you put passion behind it that people see as anger, I understand. But if you put all that together, that's why I am where I am. Uh, so I was a kid that played a bunch of sports. I'm not a big dude by any means. I'm, I'm like pretty short. Uh, I'm stocky, but I was the guy on everyone's team that the other team hated in every sport, soccer, basketball. Like if you tried to dunk on me in basketball, I played it at Tilton prep. Uh, and a guy tried to dunk on me and I slapped him in the face in midair and he fell down and he got upset. But my coach was like, what did you expect Kyle to do? 
That's the crux of everything I did in sports. And then I played lacrosse. Pretty much. What did you expect him to do? Uh, basically, I, I played lacrosse. My first game, uh, I remember my dad and my brother were there. My brother's much younger than me. And uh, I hit a guy, and his shoe came off. And I broke my stick. And I looked at the bench, and I didn't know what to do. And this is the first lacrosse game I ever played. I, played. I used to play defense in high school. And uh, my coach was like, get off the field. And I was like, what? What? And I just stood there frozen. And then I just ran off. And they called a penalty because it's New Hampshire and no one knew how to ref back then. But that feeling, not at the uncertainty, but the feeling I got when I hit the dude. And I, as I was running to the bench, I looked back. And he's on the ground. And I'm like, oh, this is fun. I like this. And it kind of just grew from that. And I became uh, a leader on that team. I became a captain. And I learned what that was like. I was never that person in other sports or other parts of my life. It really, lacrosse really brought me out of my shell. Uh, you know, it, well, I wasn't like a very nice dude, you know. And it was something that I needed to channel uh, aggression through. And it worked. And it took me, it got me into college that I shouldn't have gotten into. It, uh, it got me opportunities writing-wise. Uh, it's just, it changed my whole life. Like, I, I do truly love the sport. Yes, and this is not a great story, but I'm going to tell it anyway, because whatever. I don't know how to filter right now. Exactly. So uh, I only coached because my college coach, when I was a senior, was a buffoon. And I was like, you can do this. You can do that. You who do not inspire me whatsoever. Okay, I'm going to try this and I'm going to be better than you. That was my, that's my only goal. It was like, I'm going to do this. I love lacrosse. Why can't I get into coaching? Uh, I was very lucky to be part of an excellent squad at Plymouth State. Uh, Andrew Brouch hired me as a first assistant. It was my first job out of college. I was a full-time substitute teacher at Concord High School and I was living at home with my parents. So I would drive from Hennecker, New Hampshire to Concord to Plymouth, which is basically going from where everyone lives in New Hampshire to where no one lives. And there's a college, which is kind of how New Hampshire's laid out. But uh, yeah, it's pretty accurate. Uh, and I learned a lot. They gave me a ton of rope to kind of try new things and ideas that I had. Uh, and it was the best experience I could hope for. Unfortunately, Pay-wise, it's very low being an assistant at a D3 school or D2. Uh, I then moved on to Franklin Pierce. Uh, and, you know, I'm still paying back my student loans from Franklin Pierce as a graduate student. In, uh, I, I'm like a third of the way to an MBA that I never want, which sounds crazy again. Uh, but after that is actually when everything kind of changed. And I went to, uh, in 2006, I coached at uh, St. Anselm's College in New Hampshire, which is a Division II school. And back then, Jerry Byrne, who is now with Notre Dame was the head coach and I basically kind of begged him to give me a shot and he did and the thing that I did for him is I ran the box and that was the best and worst experience of my life because Jerry is everything you see on TV and more in person and uh I remember I screwed up uh, a sub we were playing in Florida we were winning by like 20 I screwed up a sub, and uh, we got an offsides penalty. And he is on the other, he's a walker. 
And he walks past me and then he turns back and he's like, you do that? And I was like, yep, owned it. And he's like, I can't tell you what he said, but it was long. I ne- and by the way, we never got one for the rest of the season. Uh, I call that period free lacrosse school because everything I learned, I basically learned from him about defense, offense. I mean, he has great catchphrases. Uh, it made me really appreciate the opportunity I had to move forward. Uh, after that, I coached at Emerson College for two years, um, kind of rebuilt that program uh, with uh, Mike Blanchard, who is no longer there, but that program was basically new and, and had barely won any games. We had some good talent. We got some transfers from Keene State. We got a transfer from West Con. Uh, you know, we, we built something there. Um, but then I was offered a head job at Daniel Webster College, and I was the head coach at Daniel Webster College for six years. The, my second year there was my best year by far. We, uh, we made the, uh, it's like a secondary tournament. Uh, we made that and then it got canceled, which is upsetting because we weren't in a conference at the time. Um, but, you know, we, we built ourselves up to be in a conference that we were never going to win games in, but that's okay. And uh, the thing that I'm most proud of being a head coach is that I got to see kids graduate that I don't think would have graduated without playing lacrosse. And uh, I gave a lot of kids opportunities. We had a lot of uh, ethnicities on the team. We blended really well. Uh, Those guys, I still love those guys. One of them uh, was my goalie. He's the all-time leader in everything at the school for saves, percentage. He, after he graduated, uh, went to the police academy. He was 350 pounds in college. He is 200 now and is a police officer in Boston, in Southie. So I'm happy. I'm so happy for him. I'm not saying I did that. He did that. But I'm so happy to see guys advance to that. And I know that I played a little bit of a role in at least giving them some confidence in life, which I think is one of the most underrated things that a coach can do. I think coaches are often measured in wins and losses. And honestly, that's the part of the game that I don't enjoy. I actually enjoy, as a coach, I really enjoyed having guys grow, having guys um, get better, and, like, the joy they get in getting better. Like, a kid scored his first goal of his life, and he just fell to his knees, and I was just like, wow. Like, we did that. Like, everybody. And, you know, the locker room talks were fun. Like, we had had a lot of fun. Uh, We didn't win a lot of games, man. Like, my coaching record sucks. Yeah. That was pretty much it. But as a senior, um, there was one game he had on a Saturday where he was just thrown in an offensive midfield toward the end of the game, and he uh, didn't manage to score. He had a, a beautiful cut down the middle. He happened yep. to be a natural lefty. So he was said, you know, a little bit off the rotation of everybody else, but being a lefty up there, he cut through the middle, caught it, shot, scored, and he jumped up and down all the way to the sideline, and it turns out that was Wow. Yeah. And I don't know if he's ever going to play again, but, you know, it, it's just one of those things. Like, he's graduated, he's done with college, happens to be an RTC senior out there. Yeah, um, of course. <laughs> got him this year. Um, but, no, he, uh, it, it's one of those fantastic things. Like, he was 
Yeah, hundred percent. I, I think that that's one of the underrated parts of coaching. It's actually, the, <laughs> be honest, it's the only part of coaching I miss. <laughs> I don't miss six a.m. practice. I don't miss pulling out the puke bucket and getting guys in shape because that was a big part. I mean, not at good D three programs, but at mine, uh, the the worst part of everyone's year was everyone on the line, and then wait. And me doing the slow walk across the gym, pulling the, the trash can into the middle, and doing the slow walk to the other side with a whistle, and just looking at every guy in their eyes, and then blowing the whistle. That's, it's, it's the gauntlet. We call it the gauntlet. We did a lot of weird stuff that got guys in shape, but, you know, we were a rough team. We, were not, we weren't very skilled, but every team that I coached was tough. All of them. Yes. So, yes. Like, the attention always goes toward you know, the, the top high schools that are nationally ranked, and you know we're producing D one players every single year. Right. Um, you know, even the, the mediocre players are playing at top D three schools. Yep. Um, and you still have an entire backlog of these players that show up from you know a team that you never heard of in high school that maybe had five wins. Yep. No college coach says anything less than we're playing college <laughs> Yeah, that's that's definitely one of the things I started every season with, even when I was an assistant, was there's only this many of you in the world that get to do this right now. And that is an opportunity. Whether you see it as one or not, it's up to you, but it is an opportunity that other people will never have and can't have. And you are here and you might as well make the best of it or quit. That was my, you can quit if you want, but here's the deal. You can't quit. You can quit now, but you can't quit later. Like you stay on this team, you're on this team and you can walk out the door and I'll I'll never say a bad thing about you, but this is the deal. This is an opportunity. And I think that's one of the things that gets lost in, you know, dare I say media coverage. Uh, I, I, my focus is, yeah, all of us, we're awful. One of my things that the favorite things that I get to do at IL is uh, they let I say let me they uh, they they support me doing uh, the D3 Life Series, which I think is very important because it's not just when I first did it, I did it on uh, Clark and it's basically a love letter to my program and my school. Uh, I love Clark so much, just like you love RIT in the same way. Right, but you can still love the school. I love the school, not just the program. The school made me, you know, gave me the skills that I have to be a professional writer. Uh, I'm very thankful for that. And I think that every person that has had an experience at a Division three school has a f- certain way that they feel about it. And every school is different. You know, people say, oh, this is the this of the this. Like, uh, Salisbury is the Syracuse of D3 or whatever. People say weird stuff like that. They probably would say Maryland, I guess. But... I think that the, the analogy holds, you know what I mean? Like there's, but it doesn't because in real life, every program, every school is so different. And obviously I'm in New England, so I spotlight a lot of New England colleges, but there's whole swaths of D3 uh, out in like Wisconsin has their own conference. 
Like it's it's insane. And the growth of it is so it's it's measurable, but in many ways it just feels so immense that it's not measurable. I think it's amazing that it's catching on and the opportunities, again, going back to opportunities, the opportunities for players to go to a school and have an experience, not just on the team, but in the school, I think is more valuable at D3. Sorry. I'm I'm not sorry at all. I think the D3 experience is the best experience for most people. Right. Before we came in here to tape this, uh, I just saw Jesse James West from Spartan Strings. And he's like, oh, my God, it's so good to see you. And so I was like, let me tell you something. I'm so happy you're a D3 guy now because you're going to have such a great experience. And you made the right call. And he was just kind of like, what? And I was like, no, you'll see. Like, I'm really happy that you're one of us. You know, it is kind of a it's a very large fraternity because <laughs> there's a lot of schools, but the opportunities are there and to you can be a part of an experience that is exceptional. Sure. Yes. It'll be done. Yep. Men's lacrosse heads of all time. Sure. I've always wanted to do it. Uh, it's one of the projects that first came into my mind when I got hired five years ago to Inside the Cross. I love doing big things. I, I, I'm a, I've said this before as well. I'm a maximalist. You know, I don't want to see, I don't, I don't watch a lot of baseball, but when I do watch baseball, I want to see what everyone else wants to see, which is home runs. I do not care that you are running out the grounder. No one, I do not care. I want to see spectacle. No, I love ground balls. I do. Uh, I actually was 10th all time at Clark and ground balls until five years ago. So, and I was an attackman for two years. So that we were bad. Uh, (laughs) The ball's on the ground a lot. That's all. That's all that means. Um, So I think that going after the top 50, I needed a strategy and the strategy is that I went after specific eras in lacrosse. Uh, We started with the plastic head. Uh, Originally, we were talking about wooden sticks. I didn't think that was fair. Uh, I didn't think that was fair to the makers because, like, how do you rank the makers? They've they've given so much to the game. I don't want to do that. Exactly. I mean, you're wearing an Alf Jacques hat right now. I love Alf Jacques. He's amazing. And I one day I will get a stick. I've actually been to his uh, shop. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, it's it's one of the it's it's a grail for a lot of people, myself included. Uh, so we we didn't think that was fair, and by we, the other component I needed was someone to bounce ideas off of. And uh, we recently hired a Mount Saint Mary's graduate, Tommy Lyons, in our events department uh, for Community Academy and things like that. Our our invitationals. Uh, he runs that on the men's side, and he's a wild gearhead. Like I'm a gearhead, but his he was like on the forums when he was 12, posting about gear and stringing. And he's going to kill me if he listens to this and I tell you all that. But I won't tell you his screen name. But he was there. Yes. Yes. That is where I learned how to uh, die everything. Uh, the one that's... St- Shout out to Elacross for the Corvette summer die on the Proton. How's that pull? Is that a nice B-side? That's a nice B-side. Put that into the Google machine. Um, So I got Tommy to bounce ideas off of, and I'm an offensive player now. He's a defensive player. Uh, So it it fit perfectly. We wanted to make sure everything was equally represented. Uh, I don't know any goalies with a brain that works, so I didn't bring them in. Uh, Yeah, that's a goalie dick. It's a joke, though. Don't get upset. Yeah. I know. They're not nice to me. Why do I have to be nice to them? Uh, anyway, so, no, definitely not. So, we decided to do it by eras. And uh, 50 through 41 is the old school, which is basically before the offset. So, there's a lot of, and, but there is an exception in there. And that's because I love myself some shockwave. Uh, so, I had to sneak it in. Uh, and, there, listen, there is a lot of personal preference here. But I feel okay with that because of all the experience I've had uh, as a gearhead growing up. And I didn't have a ton of money to buy gear. You know, like I had to make my choices with my wallet. And I talk about that in some of the write-ups, especially for the older gear. And I think as we've kind of advanced and prices have crested and now they're falling again, I think that, which I think is great, by the way, uh, that we're kind of attacking each thing, by, each head by where it fits in the language of design that we use for lacrosse heads if it was a first in something that's common now which like the brine nitrous is on the pre-x spec list and everyone's gonna go why it's like because it had 20 holes and it came out before the clutch and that was key and it came it it basically became the clutch but because it came out in that and it had that aspect to it it's important so most of the list is a lot of uh, retelling of history in a way that at least is somewhat entertaining. Uh, Tommy did a section, the next section under old school is position specific where we had goalies, defense, and fogo heads. And, and obviously the blade is, you think of it like many top tens, the top ten of that list is the blade, obviously. Even though it was created for attackmen, it became the, the most coveted stick of all time. Or by accident. Um, right. Exactly. So the, we went from that to pre-act spec, which is before the 2010 rule change where all the heads had to be wider. And then we did post-act spec, which is a lot of modern heads. And then we get to the top 10. And the top 10, I think, will make a lot of people happy. It will make a couple people upset. There's definitely... There's three heads on the list 
that I know are going to make people angry. No, I think that's important because that was a lot of people's first beginner stick. So that's why it's on there. And it's not on there because it's great. Not every head is on there because it's great. What? No. The shotgun? I mean, part of the list, too, is who used it. So the word finalizer is on there. It's only on there because Mike Pally used it. And it was the, f- I want to say, I don't say this in the write-up, but I wanted to say it's the first signature head, even though it wasn't, because technically he couldn't be a signature head while he's in college, obviously, for rules. But for, I, when that head came out, there was such a fervor around it. And it was hard to find. It was only at specialty shops. But, you know, and it only worked really for attackmen in the air. You know, it's really not good on the ground. But... The design of it, it looked different. It had weird uh, texture lines in it. Uh, but I think that it caught on because of Mikey Powell, you know? And he broke all these records with it. He won a championship with it. And if you don't know who Mikey Powell is, you're listening to this podcast, like, again, you need to go to your Google machine, put in Mikey Powell, and watch some highlights, and then fall into that rabbit hole for about 20, 30 minutes. And you'll have yourself a good time. Yeah. I'm, I'm very interested in where this knowledge gap was. I think there's a group of kids that are like 12 to 15 to 20 right now that don't know who he is. I, I actually had a conversation with someone else about Casey Powell because it was uh, the weekend he was retiring mm-hmm. from Boston. And he was like, yeah, yeah like Casey Powell's retiring. And I was just looking at him like, who? I'm not sure. Wow. Practice is over. <laughs> Practice is over. <laughs> yeah. No, that's tough. Uh, the top 10, I think people will. I, we did our own podcast on it and you can listen to that, but uh, I will say what I said on that, which is I didn't want number one to be number one, but I don't have a choice. I don't have a choice. And yes, I didn't have a choice. It's, it changed everything about the game and all the fogies are like, Oh, it ruined it. It changed it for the worst. Like you're wrong. And you sound so dumb. I looked up some old stuff on it when it came out and like what it meant. And people were just like wiling out on some of the things they were saying. Uh, you wrong. The edge made lacrosse better because it made lacrosse more accessible. Do you know how hard it is to catch and throw with a, short, with a non-offset head? And again, like you talk about the, the head people are using. It was the, the Casey Powell head. I remember a kid on the team yep. you know, growing up in Syracuse. He had ties to the Syracuse program. Like his grandfather used it as a fitness lab or something. Mm-hmm. Yep. Two U's. Yeah. Right. And it felt different. It played different. It, 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 people think that the stick makes you better. That's not true. Except for the edge. Because it kind of did. It did make your passes faster. It did give you better cradling. It did give you all these things you've never experienced before. And people rallied against it. It's actually really funny to see guys in early MLL. If you, if you roll back the Wayback Machine, check out some photos. Uh, there's guys that, like Mark Millen, didn't use an offset head. Mark Millen used the Odyssey, <laughs> which is a straight, straight up and down head. I mean, you'd have to have such different skills, I think, yeah. right? 
I think you just need really different skills, and, and no one's making them anymore, so you'd have to go find one that wouldn't shatter into a million pieces when you used it, which is tough, unless you find the Brian M series. <laughs> I, at one point, had 17 original evolutions, because I'm a crazy person, uh, and it was my favorite head of all time, and I donated them all to my local program uh, in Hanukkah, New Hampshire, and... Um, the feeling I got when I donated them was like, okay, you're going to good places. And then I went, these are going to shatter as soon as someone throws a check. Yeah. Yes. It's my college head too. Yeah. It's true, but that's why they come with warranties. Uh, yeah, I think uh, if I ride or die for anything uh, on the list and I snuck it in and Tommy didn't see it, put the Proton Power at three because I love that head and it did so much. The Proton is at six. The Proton Power is my biased pick. I will 100% cop to that. But it made me, it's the only head that I ever had. First of all, I learned how to string on it and it's an awful head to learn how to string on but taught me a lot of lessons uh and it's the first head that i had that i let other people use that they went oh my god this is amazing how did you they thought it was a string job it wasn't it was everything that we the work that i put into like kind of customizing it just for shooting and now everyone can do that but back then no one could do that so people would ask to use my stick and be like oh my god this is amazing. How did you do this? I'm like, oh, my friend did it, actually. <laughs> Ooh. Sonic did not make the list. <laughs> it's a women's head. It's a women's head they made into a men's head. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say that we are planning on doing a women's uh, it's probably not going to be 50 because the saturation point isn't high enough to do 50. It's not because, and I actually, and I think a lot of the women listening to this or, and the girls listening to this would agree that there aren't 50 good women's heads. Yeah. There just aren't. We'll do 25. We'll do top 25. And I think that'll go over really well. And I already got my team in place for that one. Shout out to uh, IO Women <laughs> team helping me out. Yep. So let's go to tough questions. Sure. All right. The first one is, what is something that's talked about too much in the lacrosse world, but continue to wait for them? Recruiting. Oh, uh, you want me to elaborate? I'm not a recruiting guy. I think that... I, I was actually... I was, I was actually speechless right there. We had to make, make Johnson and finally settle a little bit. Well, I don't... That's my personal, that's my personal one, but it, it's rare that that one comes up. I mean, I... I don't like it, uh, but I understand it. I understand why it's valuable, and I understand that people want it. Yep. Um, it's my personal preference to not write about recruiting. Yep. It doesn't mean that people that write about it are bad or anything like that. Like you all, you all do your, a great – people do a great job in lacrosse. But I think people do a better job in lacrosse. I don't know if you've read, like, football recruiting stuff. Those dudes are wrong all the time. Lacrosse people are pretty on the nose, and, and – Coaches will talk to them more freely, and it's, it's better to get – they're more accurate lists, basically. Uh, it's not for me. 
it's not for me. And it gets talked about a lot. I am one of those people that's like, put up or shut up. Like, I don't care you're the number one recruit. Like, show me you can score, you know, five, six goals in a game. You know what I mean? Show me you can play net for an entire 60 minutes. Yes. With everything else going on in the world, like, you know, the student debt discussion, um, when you actually look at the number of transfers that happen, and I myself was a transfer. Um, Me too. That process sucks. Yep. When you pick the wrong school, yep. it sucks. I lost a year of eligibility, I know. Yes. That's where you're going to be living. Yep. That's where your day to day life is. It's the classes you're taking. Um, yeah, so the process to fit into that. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with picking a college for the coach uh, as one of your main reasons. Right. But it can't be your only reason. Right. You know what I mean? Totally. And I think people need to check the majors that are available and all that stuff that make sure they, they go to the school. There are kids picking schools that have never been to the school. Yeah. What is you doing? No, don't do that. If you're listening to this podcast and you did that, don't do that. It's, it's, you're very lucky if that works out for you. All right, next one is what is something that does not get enough attention? Um, professional lacrosse. Uh, you knew I was going to say that. I, I agree with that. Specifically field. Because and. Yes. And when it comes to field, it's, it's mostly me. Um, and there's a, there's a handful of us that like really you know, truly follow the MLL and you know, we have summers in the MLL and PLL. Right. And WPLL. We have to split ourselves into different entities and bring in alternate reality versions of ourselves to finish it? Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm scared. Uh, yeah, I think that it's pro lacrosse, and obviously I'm biased when I say that because of my field and my speciality in, in lacrosse, but it's still true. doesn't mean it's not true. Just because I'm biased doesn't mean it's not true. I, I think that people really need to give it a chance, uh, especially now. It's so easy to be a fan of both leagues. Just do it. Like, try it. It's, you don't have to pick. That's the crazy thing. People are like, oh, well, I need to pick. Like, am I going to be an MLL fan or a PLL fan? It's going to be hard to follow. No, it's not. You know why it's not? Because we're going to make sure it's not. That's our job. And we're going to do that 100%. And the lacrosse media, we're growing. There, there are reasons to watch both leagues that you love. 100%. Yep. And if you're lost, ask a question. Like, I have people asking me questions every day on Twitter about pro lacrosse. And I answer most of them if they're not really dumb. <laughs> if they're really dumb, I don't even say anything snarky anymore. I just kind of just, like, let it die. Dude, we we reply, but I think people are the funniest thing between IL and, and Lax All Stars is like people like think like, oh, there's a rivalry. We hate each other. Like, no, it's not how it goes. There's personal stuff for sure. Right, right. I we should all learn from examples of of to be more patient with lacrosse media because it's harder to get into than most other things and 
you know, no shots at our field, but it's really hard to make money in it. Uh, and you have to really love lacrosse, uh, like you and I do. Uh, I'd go buy an equipment company in China and make the greatest lacrosse head of all time. That's not going to happen. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Uh, and my answer before PLL would probably be make PLL, to be honest with you. Uh, but they already did that. Uh, but I would do that. I think the, the gear space is fascinating. I think it's crazy saturated right now. And what I said, I would lose all that money. But I would do it for the experience. I think it would be the challenge of that is what excites me, and I would love to do that. All right. The next one is, what is something funny from this past week, lacrosse-related or not? Lacrosse-related or not. I mean, <laughs> we just shot a video segment with Cascade and Ryan Demarest, and uh, we go way back. He actually was the gear editor before Casey Vock at Inside Lacrosse. So we go way back, and I was a freelancer for IL and all sorts of other pe- places uh, all through college as well as after until I started working for them full-time. And we look at each other, and we're just like, we're, we're, we're screwing around trying to find a fun way to do the video. And I'm like, hey, why don't we put the helmets on? And he's like, really? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So <laughs> we set up to film, and you will have seen this by now if you've seen it. If not, uh, it's because we thought it was too stupid to put on our page. Uh, It'll, it'll be on my page for sure. But we looked at each other and before the thing started and we looked at the camera, I was like, you filming? He's like, yeah. And I looked at him and we had the helmets in our hands and we cheers them. And then we put them on and we did the entire interview with helmets on. I had the Michigan helmet on. He had the Yale helmet on. It's just absurd. It's an absurd thing that happened. Uh, LaxCon is full of funny moments though. Uh, I think that a lot of them can't be said on a microphone, but that was the one that I chose. You really do. Ooh. Um, oh, USA, Canada, 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Uh, I cannot, I was on vacation. I don't take vacations. The first vacation I took in like four years. I was in Colorado, Colorado Springs. And, it, you know, I had the advantage of the hour because it's mountain time. So it wasn't as bad for me. But uh, I was with my, my girlfriend and my, my parents were uh, <clears throat> in a different kind of area of where we were staying. And uh, I set an alarm, and my alarm went off to go watch the game. And she just goes, what are you doing? And I was like, I watched the cross game. And, like, she's like, for work? And I was like, no. Because, like, I'm not missing that. I'm not missing that. Like, that, and the experience of being on Twitter and interacting with people while the game's happening, there were, there's a lot of lacrosse Twitter trolls. The trolls were all, they were all asleep. Y'all were all asleep during the best moment of 2018. And I loved it for that alone. And that's what made it fun. You know, I don't do social media for work. I mean, I do, but for me, it's like, it's, it's another outlet. It's another place to express uh, and that I can't really be as edited. So for me, it's a lot more fun. No. I wish there, there's a delete button. I found that out. Had to do, had to use that a little bit, but yeah, there's no edit button. All right, so those are all the questions I have for you. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at the Kyle Devitt, uh, and also on Instagram, same handle. 
Uh, and you can check me out on InsideTheCross.com. Make sure to check out the top 50 men's lacrosse heads of all time up now. Yeah, let's let's. Can we need to look into like splitting ourselves into different atoms and personalities? Yeah. Hey, are you are you guys hiring? Um, hiring hire more people because we have to. <laughs> Hundred percent. Thanks a lot for having me. Hey everyone, and thanks for listening in. Um, I hope you enjoyed the show this week with Kyle. One of the things that he did mention—I don't know if you caught it—but his funny moment with Ryan Demarest of Cascade. That's actually who our next guest is. So stay tuned for that one next week because we're going to talk to Ryan about what he does with Maverick and Cascade. And that's another really fun conversation that I think you're going to enjoy. And then after Ryan, we're going to keep continuing on with some more of the interviews we have at LaxCon. There's a whole bunch of other really exciting guests we have there. And we'll just keep marching forward. Uh, I really like the lineup we have going, and I really hope you enjoy the upcoming shows. Now, the other thing that I want to make sure I mention before we close things out for this week is just like before, if there are other guests you'd like me to reach out to, things you want me to ask about, um, anything with the show you like, don't like, remember you can always send feedback to editor at laxallstars.com or check me out on any of the social network, Twitter or Instagram. My handle is R-Y-C-O-N-W. So feel free to look me up there, send me a message, and let me know what you think of the show. Let me know if you think if uh, you know we can make some improvements, whatever else you want to hear. But that is all we have for this week. So thanks for listening, and I will see you next time. Bye.